Mr. Speaker. Joining me in the studio, John. Hi, John. How are you? Maureen, uh, very good. Except uh, I had to uh, run through the hail. Get yeah, here. you ran the hail gauntlet. Well, I we did. appreciate it. Thank and, uh, you very sunny much. Dunedin. Yeah, this is this is spring. <laughs> I always think uh, hearing the students complain about Dunedin winter, I always think they're like, the spring's the one that gets you, though. <laughs> uh, anyhow, we're here now. Uh, and we want to talk politics. Uh, unfortunately, Sarah and Dr. Phil can't make it um but still talk about the surplus because uh that seems to have been a story about not really a story this week a lot of a lot of obviously it's a thing but it doesn't it doesn't seem like there's an instigating incident yeah, and the, um, on the face of it, it looks like the government's got huge amounts of cash now to splash mm. around. But I guess every sort of uh, man, person, woman and their horse has sort of been deflecting from from uh, the realities of the surplus. Or, uh, um, And I guess it points to it, it's actually a problem for the government that they've got this 5.5 billion surplus because this government is, uh, is wanting to be seen as carrying out um, sound financial policies. Um, it's got a, um, it's signed itself up to its own financial restraint agreement, which means that it, it, it tries to keep um, um, government spending within tight limits um, and also continuously pay off debt. Mm. Um, and suddenly, um, it's been you know it's been over the last year it's been telling unions and civil groups and uh, etc. that it just doesn't have the money to splash out on all the infrastructure. Say, didn't and we all just the tell the teachers and the nurses that we don't have any more money? Exactly, exactly. So this, in some ways, would be the last thing that. Robertson wants mm. is, is a, on the face of it, a huge surplus. Um, so he's explained, Grant Robertson, the Minister of Finance, has explained this away um, in, in several ways. One, that uh, that money needs to be put aside for a so-called rainy day. And, and two, that the surplus is a bit misleading in that um, most of Labour's big financial spending items don't start until the start of the financial year, July the mm. 1st. Yeah. So that, that money will pretty much disappear pretty yeah. quickly with those big spending items. Um, it's also interesting, um, economist Ganesh Nana uh, has, has um, made some astute comments on this um, surplus. He says it's fictitious, not so much in relation to uh, the big spending items starting next year, but in relation to the huge deficits that exist around lack of spending in, mm. in social services and infrastructure, etc. Yeah. He says, well, you've got such large social deficits, infrastructure deficits, whether you're talking about transport, climate change, land use, water quality, etc. Mental health uh, services. Mental health services, yes. Uh, uh, child poverty, general poverty, inequality, that there's so many pressing needs mm. that um, this, this uh, surplus doesn't really... It makes things look rosy when really arguably New Zealand is economically and socially in a, in a crisis. Yeah. Uh, well, it's it seems strange to me because I, I don't fully comprehend the way government finances work, but it seems to me that like money is money is money. Why, why can't we take this money that's earmarked for, for something else? Oh. And like, why, 
why is it that we can't spend climate money on roads or or something like that and it's only yeah it's uh i also forget that the government hasn't actually started it's, it's taken control but it hasn't started implementing its policies yet no no very much not and uh so yeah that presents huge problems for the government especially again because of its, its strict uh, financial rules that it's mm. imposed on itself and um yeah i guess uh but that it's interesting um some right-wing com- commentators including matthew hooton have actually said that the, the government is crazy to restrict itself to such a high degree that at the moment um uh, interest rates are at an all-time low yeah. in new zealand and internationally and there really is ability for the government to to borrow billions and billions and billions of dollars at yeah. very good rates uh which it could uh, you know, pay off yeah. uh, o- over time and, and invest in much needed areas like infrastructure. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting, someone like Matthew Hooper, who c- comes very much from the right, is, is saying that. Mm. That seems almost counterintuitive because it is cheap to borrow money now. Mm. Um, but it still seems strange. The cons. I, I struggle to fit the concept of borrowing money when you already have some. Uh, like it's it's yeah the concept of it being cheaper to borrow money even though we mm. have this this five point five and a half billion dollars apparently just lying around like in a tea kettle mm. somewhere under the yeah but I guess it's, um, as as Ganesh Nana the economist says um, so, social deficits are so high are mm. so pressing that that really that five point five billion is nothing yeah yeah uh, and it. Yeah, it sounds the the magnitudes of scale five point five billion sounds like a lot, mm. but once you start paying for things at a national level, mm, exactly. uh, doesn't go uh, doesn't go very far. Uh, enough to drive you mad, which uh, brings us to mental health week. Uh, is mental health a political issue? Good question. I would say happy mental health week, but I don't know if that's appropriate or not. It is mental. Adjective is a I guess. I am aware. <laughs> I am aware of mental health. Yes. Uh, which is the aim of the week, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is mental health a political issue? I think it's partly a political issue. I don't think we can mm. equate it one hundred percent to politics. But the, the fact is that uh, uh, a lot of mental health issues do arise from people's uh, material positions. You know, related yep. to um, um, questions Certainly of poverty, debt. Uh, Etc. Um, I remember six or seven years ago, I got myself massively into debt, and that was at a time when uh, the banks were uh, would go for people's throats mm. if they weren't paying off the debt. I'd get rung up every day, and I found it incredibly stressful. and yeah. had huge levels of anxiety over that. Um, also, in regards to the politics of recognition, where which means that when people's uh, um, individualities or group identity, etc., just aren't recognised or downvalued. And, and so that can be seen related to mental health as well, especially um, marginalised groups like yeah. Maori, LGBT+, etc., um, that traditionally haven't been recognised and yeah. validated. And, and that can cause you stress and anxiety and, and an identity crisis. Sure. Um, and, and also just the, the fact is 
that the state is central to spending on uh, services for mental health and, 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 and deciding how those services are structured. And so the, um, many commentators will say there's a crisis out there in terms of mental health services that they're just not readily a- a- available that um, does, for example, edi- every adolescent have uh, easy access to mental health services um, uh, any time they need it. And, yeah. and I, I would say no, that's not the case. There's an enormous disconnect between because the the face and the image of mental health in New Zealand is, oh, it's, it's fine to talk about it. Just mm. talking about it is all, all you've, you've got to do, whereas if you actually try to access the services for yourself or someone you care about, it is a weird weird dichotomy. Yeah, and I, I guess um, in some ways I find the theme for Mental Health Week problematic, so it's let nature in, strengthening your well-being. Now I think lots of people, that would resonate with lots of people, yeah. uh, and and um, you know it's a good uh, uh, slogan, uh, maybe that people can internalise, but if you're suffering from serious mental health issues, whether it's depression, anxiety, uh, various forms of psychosis, etc., uh, letting nature in and strengthen your well-being is just... is doesn't apply. Uh, Like, serious intervention is needed. I think it's an attempt at a soft pivot towards underrepresented communities like Mm. Māori and rural areas. Um, Yes, and 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 there's a crisis in in rural areas, uh, especially amongst Māori, but also amongst non-Māori. Yeah, Um, Uh, farmers mm. are really struggling, um, especially on the back of uh, the bacterial name that bovis yes uh that i can't pronounce um as well as uh increased pressure to care for the environment and stuff like that mm. um and, yeah and i guess um you know so the mental health foundation which um uh is is being sponsored by the government is it basically has a contract with the ministry of health i guess they're trying to have an all-inclusive a political, non-partisan mm. uh, theme for the Mental Health Week, but we have to ask ourselves uh, if a lot of the causes, uh, not all, but a lot of the causes of mental health do have to do with politics and economics in the widest sense of the terms, uh, shouldn't that be addressed uh, by yeah. the Mental Health Foundation and, and, and be one of the themes, at least, of uh, Mental Health Week? And also, at the end of the day, uh, that like mental health comes under the health system and the government's the one that writes the checks for it. Exactly, exactly, um, yeah. So, yeah, mm. um, speaking, uh, going on that, that tip of things that make you want to pull your hair out, Supreme Justice Brett Kavanaugh. Mm. Um, so that guy's a judge now. Well, he was already always yes. a judge, but yes. now he uh, sits on the highest court of the land. Associate Justice of the Supreme Court. I did find it... Um, well, uh, there's a lot to mm, laugh and rather than cry about uh, the American political circus, but just the fact that the youngest judge always has to sit on the right, like right. the extreme right hand, <laughs> the way that they even line up is like, no, you're the youngest, you, you have to sit in the smaller chair. Over there, boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but still, the youngest uh, the youngest justice on the Supreme Court is 53 years old. Yeah, and that's because once you're, you're on the Supreme Court, you're there, you're there for life. So uh, the average age of people on the Supreme Court is somewhere in the 80s, yeah. <laughs> which I find quite astounding. Uh, not, you, not to be ageist, of course, someone yeah. in the 80s um, could be a fantastic uh, Supreme Court justice or... Uh, RBG's 83, I think. Mm. Um, and... 
probably does a more thorough workout routine daily than I do. Um, <laughs> but how? I don't. E- I don't even know how to start talking about Brett Kavanaugh. There's so much there Ooh. to unpack. I guess the most disturbing thing for me is how partisan the whole issue has become. Where um, virtually all Republicans just have swung behind Brett Kavanaugh, yeah. despite the accusations, um, and and how all. Democrats uh, have have rallied against Brett Kavanaugh, yeah. and I think uh, clearly what was needed, in my view, was a, a thorough, uh, open investigation. Mm. And if there had to be a prolonged investigation, so be it. Of course, uh, I, I um, many people argue that someone is le- in a legal sense innocent before they're proven guilty. Yep. Um, so um, Brett Kavanaugh uh, should have every right to defend himself against accusations Um, but clearly uh, with the number of accusations I think there was a need for a thorough investigation and there was just a token one and it's also uh, and this is a weird thing to say as a member of the media but there's a difference between a criminal or a legal trial and the trial by media which was Absolutely. was happening and yep. you're right it was a, a partisan split that the right were, he was he was innocent it was all ridiculous mm. uh, all the of these, these hussies were lying uh, it was it was timed the timing of it was just everything they mm. could uh, they could call into question and similarly the left was equally vitriolic mm. uh, but yeah it was always um, and it I, I think I said to you yesterday the fact that Trump hissed at a journalist who asked if he would consider changing his nomination. Mm. Geese through that, not people. And I, I, yeah, to me, it points to you know the amorality of so many people involved in politics in America that they just people who hold on the Republican side who hold to so-called good old conservative mm. values uh, are, are so dismissive of of accusations of um, sexual, sexual misconduct by Brett Kavanaugh in this case. Um, However, I, I think if you look at the liberal left, at least in America, it hasn't got a very rosy um, mm. um, record in relation to this uh, accusation of sexual abuse as well. When it's a, yes, when it's a Republican who is being accused, uh, they'll jump on the van wagon. But if we remember back to Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton has people who accuse him of raping them, mm. of sexual misconduct. Uh, the whole Monica Lewinsky case where both Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton and their supporters uh, went out of their way to portray Monica Lewinsky as a as a hussy, mm. as, as dishonest, etc. Oh, yeah. and, and so, so violent. And, and where was the left's and the liberal outrage against Bill Clinton? Yeah. Um, there didn't seem to be much. So it, I find it disturbing where accusations of sexual misconduct, when they enter the political arena, in America at least, they become completely partisan. Mm. Your belief in the accusers depends on what uh, what side of the political divide they're on. Yeah, which is disgusting because it's still somebody who has been affected by... Uh, yeah, mm. I mean, there's still... Anyway, uh, I found it quite telling seeing the uh, facial expressions and just the way uh, Mrs. Kavanaugh held herself around mm. the the confirmation ceremonies. She looks 
terrified and so uncomfortable which mm. i mean it must be a, a being confirmed for one of those positions must be stressful because i mean it's the supreme court yes it's a big deal uh but yeah just the toll that it must take on the people surrounding uh Mm. Is yeah, it must be horrendous for them, and, and also, um, you know, th- there is a real possibility that uh, violence will erupt ar- yeah. around this yeah. issue. Um, uh, yeah, I was uh, low key joking about uh, Kavanaugh being the the thing that sparks the next civil war, um, but I think there's probably going to be wars over water before that. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, Oh, shit, we're coming up 10 to 9. Uh, Thank you very much for your time, John. No problem, Chris.